<clears throat> this week's story may make a bit more sense if I start out explaining a little bit about myself. If you're a client or a friend or know me personally, then you already know I am and do a lot of things or work in today's time. But there is one role that I do hold higher than the rest of my duties, and that is being an ordained minister. Although I do not and will not classify myself as a Christian, I still very much work for God and love Jesus dearly. This is important because I received an alarming phone call this week that I wasn't really quite sure in the beginning how I was going to share it. But like I do, I quickly figured out how to roll it all into one. So I received a phone call and it was a woman I knew and she just had a grandson. And she was looking to have him baptized. Although she wasn't sure if this was something that I did. So I assured her it was and that she came probably to the right place. And then she told me the story. The mom and dad are not married, yet they attend a church. However, they went to the church and asked for their child to be baptized, and the church leader told them, although he guesses he will baptize the child, but he really didn't want to because of the fact that the baby was full of sin, which is even for Christians, quite contradictory to learn. Um, so it really puzzles my brain as to why a church thinks it is okay to behave like that. The short answer is it's really not, and I know it's not, and I know it's my purpose to get in here and help people get over all these hurts and pains from the church. So... I assured her I really didn't care about any of that, and then I gave her the options of ways that I feel comfortable, which then led us to this week's story. Asher, one of the 12 tribes of Israel that in biblical times constituted the people of Israel, who later became the Jewish people. In the book of Genesis, Asher was the last of the two sons of Jacob and Zidlon. Asher and his four sons and daughter settled in Canaan. On his deathbed, Jacob blessed Asher by saying, His bread shall be fat, and he shall yield royal dainties. Moses said, May Asher be blessed above other sons. May he be esteemed by his brothers. May he bathe his feet in olive oil. Getting to talk about Asher this week makes my soul entirely happy. Not only because of who he was, but just knowing many people don't truly know who he is. Although I feel like he captured my heart a long time ago. Deuteronomy 33.26 says, There is no 
one like the God of Jeshurun, who rides the heavens to help you. And in his excellency on the clouds, the next verse goes on to say, the external God is your refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms. He will thrust out the enemy before you and will say, destroy. But it's important to know that God prefers that we ourselves destroy the evildoers and enemies of Israel. This requires courage and at times self-sacrifice. These qualities are easy to admire from a distance. Every one of us is potentially a hero or a coward. And at times, the boundary between these two concepts become blurred. However, if you do the best you can, learn and pray, then God will give you guidance when you need it, even if at times you are not consciously aware of him. So, how does the tribe of Asher turn into a warrior tribe? In the blessing of Moses to the tribe of Asher, it says, your sandals shall be iron and bronze, as your days, so shall be your strength. Here, he speaks in regard to all of Israel, that they should be warriors dwelling in their borderlands and locking it up with iron and bronze. In the Song of Deborah, in the Book of Judges, it is written how the tribes of Dan and Asher did not join in the war against the enemies of Israel. Why did Dan remain in ships? Asher continued on the seashore and abode in an inlet. In an article entitled Vikings in the Old Testament, it points out the word Viking is derived from the Nordic word vik or vig, which means inlet or creek. Because the Vikings sailed out from inlets and fjords. It should be pointed out that even in biblical times, the tribe of Asher had Viking characteristics. Asher, like Dan and Zebulon, was a seagoing tribe. Asher was involved with the Phoenicians, such as the city of Tyre and Sidon. Early Bronze Age Scandinavian civilization had Phoenician and other Middle Eastern characteristics. The Viking ships and their design and profile appear almost the same from Phoenician ships. In popular imagination, the Vikings are depicted with horned helmets, although most modern historians doubt this was historically correct. Ironically, however, it was a characteristic of the Sea Peoples and these in Viking style launched seed raids and invasions by ships against Egypt. The tribe of Asher failed to drive out the Canaanites, and because of this, the people of Asher lived among the Canaanite inhabitants of the land. In the time of Deborah and Barak, Asher remained on the coast and stayed in its coves rather than join the fight against Jabin, the Canaanite king, who oppressed Israel. Later, in the book of Judges, Asher joined Gideon from Gilead in war against the Mennonites and others from the east. However, here's the super important part. In the end times, the tribe of Asher will return together with the other Israelite tribes, and Asher will once again inherit lands 
to the north of Israel. With things currently the way they are after receiving word that Russia is threatening to drop nukes, which happened after I wrote this week's podcast, I understood even more why Asher came to me. The old forgotten gods are anything but. They remember each other and believe in each other, yet no one else really does. However, they found that if one fades to nothing, everyone else is left more vulnerable. So they help each other and believe in each other, and they still wish to teach us all. So what does that have to do with me personally? More than being an ordained minister, I am always divinely connected to God. And the rest of what is considered the old gods and Asher is here to remind me so that I can enlighten you. In brief, Sarah, daughter of Asher, is mentioned in the Bible in the count of the Israelites who went down to Egypt and in the enumeration of the Israelites at the steps of Moab. Aside from this, nothing else is said of her in the Bible, yet there is a plethora of Midrashic traditions about this woman. Her history is intertwined with the story of the migration to Egypt and enslavement and with redemption and the return of Israel, she lived to be extremely old and accordingly was blessed with much earthly wisdom and knowledge, which she used to help the people as needed during even the time of rabbis. So, it reminds me that I was born to be a heathen warrior leader and I've always known. Let's all just hope none of this comes about. But also, maybe you should dig deep this week and figure out if you were born to be a warrior or a coward. Because in these uncertain times, you may need to know where you stand.